I'm Floss and I'm so happy that you can join me today on Exactly Podcast. Today is a very special episode as I interview my first ever straight man. If you're new here, Exactly Podcast is basically just a permission slip from me to you, to myself also to just follow my curiosity. I wanted to talk about so many topics that I've wanted to delve into on social media for a while that I think require a lot more nuance from experts and from people who have the lived experiences in these topics. As with everything I do, it's all about connecting queer people, women, whoever the fuck wants to join along the way, to be honest, I'm just so glad that you're here with me to listen. Every month on the podcast, I'm hosting a listener call-in where myself and an expert will be answering your questions, queries, and your dilemmas. And on the next one, we're looking for questions and voice notes on sex. So you can send me a message or a voice note via our podcast WhatsApp number at plus four four seven eight nine zero three zero two six six five. As always, I love to hear your suggestions for topics, so just send them in to us. I always love hearing from you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, as I mentioned in the intro, today is Exactly's first ever token straight male on the podcast. I actually went to see this guest at a concert when I was in my early teens um, in Plymouth Pavilions. Big it up if you're from Plymouth, you know Plymouth Pavilions. I've not been there since I was about, probably since my teens, to be honest. I went to see my guest as Rizzle Kicks, and that was probably one of my first ever concerts that I went to. And I'm here to talk to him today about toxic masculinity. What an iconic career move, an iconic career change. He's actually still creating music. My guest's name is Jordan Stevens. You might follow him on social media. You might read some of his poetry. You might know him for being in the Rizzle Kicks and you haven't seen what he's been up to since, but he is doing incredible work. He's probably the first male feminist that I have ever met in person also. I came across him at a sex positive event a few years ago when I first moved to London. I just think he's so fucking cool and I'm really excited to talk to him today about toxic masculinity. He's a prominent thinker and speaker on the subject. Um, I know that a lot of men and women follow him to hear what he has to say. I just think it's so amazing whenever I see a man brazenly talking about feminism, not just using it as some kind of wishy-washy tool to, I don't know, kind of market themselves. Jordan is really about it. I've met him in person before. I'm so excited to have him on the show. I love what he talks about and kind of talk to a guy about feminism because this, I do so much of talking about feminism with other women 
about how we feel about the state of the world, how we feel about men and their position in feminism. I just think it's really exciting to talk to a guy because he knows the way that men think. And I'm sure there was a time in Jordan's life where he wasn't so feminist himself. And he's been very open and honest about that on social media too. I'm just so excited to talk to him today. Okay, Jordan, thank you so much yes. for coming to speak with me today. I'm my so pleasure. excited to have you. Yeah. So, um, before we get into the main interview, I'm okay. going to ask you my quick five questions. All right. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, question number one. What's one thing that sets your soul on fire? Well, I mean, the first thing that came to my head was music, but okay. that's such a... I want to say something more I ridiculous. Know, I know, <laughs> Come on, you got to give it. Um, oh, aside from music... Okay. <laughs> Can I say magic mushrooms? No. <laughs> magic mushrooms. Okay, no. Leopard print. Okay. Very good fucking answer. It is right in front of you. <laughs> Next question. What is the last photo you took on your phone? I don't know. I have to look it up. What, you people... can't remember? No, of course and not. And it can't be a screenshot. Yeah, no. Oh. Not, not something just from the camera roll. I took a picture of my mate's dog. <laughs> what kind of dog? Uh, she's a rescue. I don't know what her breed Aww. is. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Okay, on to the next question. What's something that people frequently misunderstand or get wrong about you? People think I'm stoned. Okay. That magic mushrooms answer at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, magic mushrooms, that's a nice type of stone. Yes, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. like, well, all stones, I guess, can be nice. But okay. no, I, I think I've had comments throughout my career where people have assumed I'm high. Maybe okay. just from my vibe. I don't know why. Okay. Maybe you're quite calm. No. No. I'm not. I can be quite hyper. Okay. I don't really understand either. Next question. Mm -hmm. Finish the sentence. I'm still a work in progress when it comes to... Oh, that's like, how's it? Is that a quick fire question? Come on. You need to. <laughs> I mean, I guess the obvious answer is myself, but I, I, I'd want to be more specific. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say like, okay, organi organization and focus. <laughs> okay. Currently? Or is that like an ongoing thing, like forever thing that you're working on? I think I could improve in the in my in this organizational space. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just flat out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You were one of the first male feminists that I okay. ever met mm. in person, online. I know men that say they're feminists or perhaps have feminist values, but don't like to call themselves a feminist. Mm. Do you consider yourself a feminist, first of all? You know what? Before I just like throw <laughs> yeah, that yeah. on you. No, I did. I think for a long time, I, I guess I did uh, yeah. on the basis that I was in agreement with a lot of feminist values and, mm. and I was, a lot of the feminist literature I'd read, I guess. I'm a big fan of Bell Hooks, for example. But I actually think my biggest breakthrough was in realising that my initial idea around feminism was a deflection from my own bullshit. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just felt like when I was most proudly asserting myself as like a male feminist, I yeah. think actually I had a lot of work to do. Okay. And then I feel as though since I've focused more on myself, my own behavioural patterns, mm. and the and the men around me, right, I appreciate feminism and I understand its need and I understand its benefits for men. Mm. <laughs> but I'm not sure if I would. I don't know if sometimes I hear feminists say that you can't be. A, a male feminist. I don't know. Right. How do you feel about that's, that? That's that's right. Don't throw it back on me. I'm I, I'm very curious because when I said you were one of the first uh, feminists I met, male feminists that I met, yeah. I do mean that thing of where, where you were speaking out about it, and I found it so interesting that you think when you were loudest, actually, that's when there was some stuff behind that you needed to work on. Well, no. To be clear, my belief in feminist values mm. or the fem the kind of 
I guess we met at, a, at like there was a panel discussing yeah. mm-hmm. right, it was like yeah. a sex positive consent. Event. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah. Okay, so so in terms of of work like that around consent and and like social principles, like social justice stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah those kind of things. A lot of the feminist writing I, I read is dope, and and I'll always support that. And mm. and that particular panel was amazing, and yeah. and I, I thought everyone who spoke was really important. And and yeah, I like being in those spaces where some men maybe wouldn't go because I find that I learn a lot, and I have a better understanding of the like half the world. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what I mean is that I wonder now that nowadays if focusing on like truly on the development of young men, including myself, mm. if that's actually the greatest thing I could do. Yeah. And so from my own journey of, yeah. of maturation, let's say, helping young men develop, I think that might be so you've realized the that best feminist thing Talking to men directly do. is yeah. more beneficial than going to a space where perhaps people already are aware of these values. Or yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I, I feel so, like you eventually. have that in. You have that in with men because yeah. you are a man first of all, yeah. and there's that they'll look up to you. You're in a position of power, and they'll listen to someone like you. I well, guess. maybe I don't know. This is the thing. Like, uh, like I think also the other thing with me can like specifically for for me is yeah. that I generally am more comfortable around women. I was raised by women. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of women in my family. There were obviously men present too, but like overwhelmingly female. So I've got a lot of of female friends and um and so i'm and i'm incredibly open-minded so i'm i'm open-minded and curious so actually i've had to go on my own journey of relationships with men more than anything in the last few years interesting i I was on a i was guesting on a podcast episode yesterday and the guy who was interviewing me said something similar um because i said my experience had been i found it a lot challenging within female friendships and he said he'd found his experiences growing up challenging more with men mm. because he needed women to be his refuge from the men yeah. growing up and he did, he needed this yeah. safe accepting space and he's a gay man so there was this very outwardly othering of him with the other boys who would be bullied but he found refuge in women mm. in a female friendship and he he wanted to hide from hide from the men as well because yeah. there was all of this pressure to be a man a certain way and stuff as well. Right, the binary, the kind of notions of how to be. I mean, I don't really subscribe to those at all. I think I would love to, for there to be changes in how people view what being a man and being a woman. I mean, I think it's thing kind of doesn't make any sense, but it's kind of coded, isn't it? And I guess people want it like being in herds and safe and you know each to their own but but I think what what I meant was yeah arguably I think when I saw you I'd already had some part of the journey actually I think that panel I'd already had some part of my my work in terms of kind of therapy trauma uh, reading a lot of books yeah um, yeah following a holistic psychologist which yeah. which actually did really benefit me a lot of what she yeah. was was t- talking about in terms of self betrayal I found really helpful mm, yeah. um but uh but I'm, what I meant by it is that, yeah, when I was a lot younger and, you know, my girlfriend at the time was getting me all up on this <laughs> feminist shit. It's and, normally the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I remember going like, God damn, she's right. Do you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. then and then I'd be like, yeah, actually. And then I, I I feel like I used to go, that guy's a dick. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. That guy's a dick. Yeah, you're no. wrong. You're, and then I would kind of edge into this space of, I mean, I, you know, I fucking love women. And I would yeah. go into that space like, yeah. But that whole time... For example, I think I was emotionally unavailable right, okay. in in, a, in an intimate relationship. Okay. So then it's kind of like, how could I have these spiraling, you know, proud yeah, opinions where yeah. I can't even like keep my girlfriend happy? Yeah, damn. 
That's some really good self-reflection. <laughs> what, what you said then about the learning that new information and then being so quick to point it out in other men. You know it's such a deflection thing. Yeah. I definitely had that when I was learning about anti-racism a few years ago. I was mm. the first person at the dinner table to shut something down or when it came to transphobia and about pronouns. Anyone in my life who didn't understand pronouns, I'd be like, well, that's transphobic. Instead of just teaching them, I'd be like, that's awful, that's awful, yeah, that's yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah. And like for me anyway, that was definitely a deflection tactic. It was like I was overcompensating for like not knowing all of this stuff. Right. For so long. Okay, yeah, and then yeah. coming out with it in this way that I feel like when you feel guilty about not knowing for so, something so long, you just want to kind of preach it to a lot of people. Yeah. And then you can go the other way and then you can kind of like swing back to your own medium and get, get your own voice on it. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I also, I definitely think that before I went on my, what I consider to be my journey, I think that I also just like the attention I'd get from women mm. if I was like, I definitely had to move myself away from purely seeking validation from things I said and from exchanges and interactions with women that was like a, a one of these kind of cycles I had to break out of interesting yeah. how, how did that happen I think I really was you know like besotted with kind of all all female attention you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> hard relate yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. and yeah. I think like I just had to sit for a moment and and figure out like what, how I felt about stuff and okay, yeah. also what I needed to change in my life to make more mature decisions, you know, and to have a stable relationship and to and to be able to f be committed. and. Yeah. So you're in a stable and healthy relationship now. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. So um, how do your feminist, not feminist, whatever you want to call it, yeah. values come up in that relationship without sharing anything you don't yeah, want to yeah, share? Yeah. But like, how, how is it influencing being in a relationship? Because I think a lot of my audience are constantly... Dating is horrible now if you're on dating apps and you're a straight woman. There's just... All of my messages are from women saying, how the fuck do I know if a guy is actually a feminist or if he pretends to be a feminist, to get laid, all of this kind of stuff. So I think yeah. people are curious about how it actually looks. And I think you were right at the beginning where you said um, mostly like the guys who say I'm a feminist are kind of the ones. It can be like that. that stick in the sand. Well, look, so this is the thing, right? So, for example, I wrote a thing back in the day about on Mother's Day right. years ago. And it was, and it came from an authentic place. And I would write stuff about this, you know. Okay, I can't believe yeah. on Mother's Day, da, 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 which obviously would would be appealing, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but in and around me writing that, I would still have the it, something within me where I would be an intimate relationship and totally self destruct. I wouldn't be right. able to commit. I'd mm -hmm. spiral out of control, and it would affect people who I'd love. So you're saying there can be almost this split between what you There's what you do believe, yeah, and also the inner experience that you're having well it's, it's, it's going back to a little bit what we were saying before yeah is it's like you know you can say stuff but like how, what it's, it's words and actions isn't yeah, it yeah yeah so now nowadays i'd say how it how it plays into it is that um what i'd what i'd done in the last few years was really focus on changing what i needed to do in my life to ensure that i was spiritually mentally healthy right okay. um and and I would still read up on whatever I could read up on, but that was really my main focus. So I would just think about patterns of behavior, exercise, nutrition. I personally, I know it's very different for a lot of people, but the first lockdown was incredibly beneficial for me. I had okay, yeah. an incredible time. It was in the summer and I just took care of myself truly for the first time. And I really tapped into actually what I consider to be a more masculine side of me, like a more div divine masculine part okay. of me. And, and what, what do you mean by divine masculine? So I don't know because 
because this is my own interpretation. I think yeah, it's yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have it's to so, think, yeah. Oh, I know because, like, what the fuck is masculine yeah, yeah, and feminine? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, if I say it and then be like, oh, what is that? Not feminine? I don't yeah. know. Can women not be this too? Exactly. Yeah, I get you. But yeah. it, it just felt, it felt like a. Like, say, for example, in, in, in therapy sessions, in group therapy sessions, there often seems to be a difference in trauma responses between men and women. It doesn't go for everybody, mm. but women, you know, there, there's it happens with tears and it's shaking and it's quite, you know, but. When it's like a, sometimes when it's with men, they have to be physically restrained because there's this right. like, okay. I don't know what it is, okay. like this primal fucking screaming. You're supposed right. to be like, Rah. okay. So the reason I'm saying that is in this first lockdown, I felt like I was tapping into letting out okay. this, and 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 I felt like, oh, like, <laughs> okay. no, serious, flow. I'm being I'm like, okay. like this, this thing, and then and then I was I was like literally writing down like journaling what I want, you know, what I felt like I needed to say to myself, um, you know, affirmations, all that kind of stuff, and then a list of what I wanted from love and what right, I okay. and my own boundaries, and so okay. when I stepped into this relationship, my I. I knew what I wanted and needed rather than okay. prior in my life I was in this kind of chaos oh she's attractive or oh that's da 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 and then it's like oh yeah and then you're in these whirlwinds okay. I swear to God for this relationship I was like listen I'm aware of everything I'm yeah. watching this thing <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm feeling this thing this is what I, 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 I. and then like I reckon I really feel as though for me once I understood what I needed and okay. and felt like there was validity to my needs okay. then I'm then I'm able to offer so much more of myself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not portraying myself every time I, you know, I kind of go, oh, okay, fine. Or, or you know, or somebody says something to me in a certain way and I just let it slide. You know, it's, mm. you, I, I really feel, and boundaries don't have to be aggressive. They can be compassionate and loving, you know? Yeah, so I call that, the, the women's version of that is like playing the cool girl. Right. Is there a name for men that do that as well? Because I feel like there's, there's this trope that women must always just be cool with everything. Oh, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Oh, but right. you've obviously experienced that as well. So is there like a guy's version? Oh, what, I'm just kind of letting things go. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's the cool guy. I've always promised myself since my last relationship that I'm never going to be the cool girl ever again. I never want to oh, be the really? girl in me that just kind of goes, maybe they didn't mean it when they said that. Yeah, everybody maybe they I think with relationships, it really comes down to the individual. I think gender becomes... There's so many variables, obviously. Of course. You know, no, I, I'm of so interested that you've had that experience as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, yeah. of course, because... I grew up in, a, in a, to believe that I would prioritize another person first. Yeah. So that would that would go into relationships, and that would obviously, and that would double back because when you do something in yeah. spite of yourself, well, sorry, I'm just gonna say you. When I've done something in spite of myself in the past, that but I haven't been clear that I haven't liked that, then I end up building resentment, and then oh, I yeah. act out from the resentment, yeah. which then damages both people, mm -hmm. rather than me just saying from the from the get go, no, that's not that's not gonna run. Yes. And I've had to work on that as well. It's hard. It. Yeah, and you end up living this like um, irritable, resentful kind mm. of state, which just isn't good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you went into your new relationship now knowing and being aware of all of this stuff that you had done and you're capable of. I think, listen, I don't know how, I mean, my girlfriend right now who I love a lot, she's incredibly successful and I found that incredibly attractive mm. and she is a force to be reckoned with totally independent in that in that regard and I don't know what the conversations are around traditional whatever setups or values but I know how I feel and mm. I, I think she's brilliant you know and I think I think <laughs> no, exactly yeah. and, I, and, I, and I, I tell her that as much as I mm. can and I support her and you know for me it was almost a relief that this person is she's stable herself you know and actually most of my interest recently has been around the, the maturation of young men I've, mm. I've really been focused on on that because 
I came to my own realization that if I'm just honest and authentic about my story, mm. then I can empower young men to feel better about themselves. I really, Floss, I genuinely believe that so much of this bullshit that happens interpersonally between people, or when men um, abuse their power or or like ex overextend themselves in, in certain points, mm. so much of it is based in like such an intense self kind of hatred. Wow. You know? Okay. And and a, and a, and a, or a total lack, or maybe a nice way to say it's a, a total lack of self love, self value, mm. self worth. And you know, I've, I've sat on a lot of feminist panels. I've spoken to a lot of women, and and I, I hear how that lived experience feels. But I really do want these men to change. So I'm I'm really trying to find yeah, out we how all, yeah we all how do. I can communicate that yeah. to you. I think that's a really good place to start, isn't it? Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. What do you see the issue is with men maturing and growing up? Where does it kick in? Where does this happen, do you think? And why is it so pivotal to you? Why is that so important that you want to change and help evolve? Because I've seen a lot of discussions on social media right now where there's like men don't have enough role models in the media with an alternative version of masculinity. And so they're turning to some quite worrying figures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's an example of what, what I think is interesting. So the term toxic masculinity. Yes. So I I used that term. So the reason why I even engaged with feminist panels and whatever else is because I wrote an article for The Guardian years ago okay. about my own relationship with toxic masculinity and how mm. I felt it showed up in my life and the men around me, right? Because right back then I identified that term as clearly separate to masculinity. It was it was okay. toxic masculinity, not masculinity mm -hmm. itself. In the years that I followed, not as much has shifted in the in the in the usage of that word as I thought it would for men or women. Mm. So I was speaking to a friend who who does a lot of stuff with young men, and they were saying they spoke to a professor. It's only you know a few people, but um, this this professor she had done this study around young men, and apparently the term toxic masculinity is began to damage young men's perceptions of themselves, right? Right, okay. So he, so just between us, for example, we prefer hyper-masculinity now or hegemonic masculinity because hegemonic masculinity also includes non-men who inc who support the, uh, the kind of more toxic okay. ideas of what masculinity is, right? Okay. Which I think happens a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when you're saying, you mean women could also enforce toxic masculinity? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. 100%. Um, I don't feel with we at the at the root of it we're really any separate from any other animal or plant or anything mm -hmm. in the in the world. I don't think we're superior in any sense, right? When you are training, and that sounds so noise made this comparison, but I think it's really real. When you're looking after a dog, a puppy, mm -hmm. right? Experienced trainers will tell you that they they respond best to positive encouragement, not mm -hmm. punishment. Yeah. And the same goes for human beings. Mm -hmm. If you punish a person for something wrong, they're less likely to change who they are. <laughs> yes. Then yeah. if you go, that's great. Yes. And then so sometimes I hear this discussion and okay. I go like, maybe. Yeah. If young men felt as though there were there were 
men that visibly or, or types of men or things men that were doing that was really appreciated by everybody, okay. then they'd be more inclined to develop into that rather than have to just question the, the masculinity that they already have. Okay. So that that's that's so I wonder if as when developing, men can just feel a sense of empowerment within themselves, of their sexual energy, their sexual worth. I, I think, you know, the the idea that guys like <laughs> just have this kind of rampant outlook on mm. on sex sometimes I think like that's your energy I said it to myself that's my energy that I'm throwing out that I'm willing to just in exchange with anybody mm-hmm. I think men should have a more grounded idea, idea of their own sexual energy and worth and and um and yeah, their, their boundaries, their their time, their community with their friendships, whatever else. I think they just okay. should be more of a positive spin on what men, what what good things men can do with each other, or what what good men have been there as partners, of, as of fathers, as as leaders, as whatever. So, do you mean more positive examples of masculinity that aren't about this is wrong, this is right, or yeah. like when you're mentioning like the puppy thing about like yeah. the, the positive reinforcement <laughs> and stuff? I know that was just an analogy, but I know what you mean because I I I think that's a good analogy for anything when it when it comes to like um, cancel culture, public shaming. It just right. doesn't work. Um, in, in fact, normally the person just ends up doubling down on what they originally did because now the people cancelling them are the bad guys because well, this is what you're, you're, I think. It's a suicide risk anytime you do that to someone literally um so i think that shaming in any way shape or form is probably bad for people um so when you're talking about this in terms of men maturing what do you mean i definitely don't have like all the answers i've just done just having a chat yeah yeah <laughs> but like it seems quite universally agreed especially from you know even tribal leaders like we're talking you know who are carrying traditions from thousands of years you know the in the Western world, we don't initiate young men. And that's wild. There's no process in which a man feels as though they're letting go of their boyhood. And I think that's why young men, especially given access to power, can, can, can they can take like 30, sometimes 40 years to mature. Because right, okay. they are, because we we have all the access to, to deflection, to alcohol, to drugs, to gaming to you know to the intense work you know like anything to deflect from the reality that at some point in the early parts of our life we have to feel pain like real real authentic pain and let that and flow through out. us yeah right because there would be these rituals you know historically where boys would have to fight like men dressed as gods you know <laughs> for real yeah it had an okay. initiation ceremony okay. like I said it's okay. a real thing and what was that supposed there's some, to do there's some contorted version of it in universities with frat parties and stuff like that you know where you like try and drink okay. like a hundred fucking kegs whatever, yeah 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 okay but like the, but the initial the, 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 but like highlighting to a, a young man that there's the Oh, a boy that they're becoming a man and and being held by the men around them, the community around them, and pushed through that point. Mm. That I think men men being in a circle is one of the is one of the most powerful things I've experienced. Seriously, in, a, in a, like I, I I did a circle recently with a uh, charity called a Band of Brothers who work to rehabilitate young men and and help men initiate mm-hmm. themselves and older men go th- work through some emotion emotional stuff. I had already done a lot of work, yeah. So I was going mm. there because I wanted to see what was going on and okay. catch a vibe. We sat around a circle as men, and then they were talking about like um, they were just highlighting moments of grief. Step forward if you've lost somebody, uh, a grandparent that has stepped forward, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I just burst into. I just everyone was crying. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder I, what also led those people to that place as well because it's, that sounds so transformative and it powerful. Was so. 
And Powerful, man. Yeah, it sounds so amazing. And I think I, I've been in spaces like that, which are just for women as well. And yeah. I felt the same amazing thing where you just come to express your pain and feel safe and held. And I think everyone deserves that. Like, I've, I've never heard of men doing that. Like, the idea almost just kind of sounds so... That's what I'm saying, because I think the community yeah. element, that's actually something that, that really... That is something that really drew me to a lot of feminism was the, the communal element. Thanks, Jordan. We're going to go into listener questions now. Can you give me a hand answering them? Yes. So question number one, how can I help a man who is deep in a toxic masculinity spiral, spiral. but doesn't even know it? Okay, so let's think, Let's make up something. What's a toxic masculinity yeah, spiral? Yeah, I was going to say, what's a toxic masculinity spiral? I honestly, <laughs> I might, might, listen, my, my, gen, my general rule of thumb is cut people out. Right. Compassionately. Not 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 like not horrendously. No, serious because No, I know, I know, yeah. Compassionate boundaries is something I really believe in. Brene Brown talks about it. Over punishment. It makes so much sense. Mm. You can leave a person lovingly. Mm. Do you get me? Well sometimes you end up enabling people by being with them also. No, or, or you always yeah. you always do. If yeah. if they're being problematic. Mm. Compassionate boundaries, man, this is my line. And the person crosses the line and goes, Okay, it's got I told Rob, you about but, the line is yeah. yeah. And that's the, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, you know, what, one of the biggest shifts in my life was because a woman left me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you're like, speaking about it on being the other side of that. Of that's what enacted change for you because someone was like, "I'm not doing this anymore." Yeah. Yeah. Just like you know, one of the biggest wake, wake ups for me. I, I think it's for a lot of. I'd love to speak <laughs> to more men about this, but I mean, for a lot of young men, the wake up is heartbreak. It's like, mm. what the fuck? Yes. Like, so, like, I don't have control of the situation. Like, I don't have, this isn't going my way. Wow, you know? yes. And so yeah, you're confronted yeah, yeah. with this shadow ego self where you're like, fuck me, man. That's not cool. That's not supposed to happen. Like, yeah. I could, I'm supposed to be able to do everything I want. I'm a man. Do you know what I mean? And then what happens after that? For, for me, I mean, people can go all types of ways. Of Some course, people of can, course for you. can get fucked up. I mean, I, I went the total other way, man. I, I literally, this is why we know each other. I, I you know, I went into, into uh, I was lucky enough to be able to afford therapy. I did mm -hmm. like... Double, sometimes triple therapy. I was trying to avoid going on antidepressants. So I, I ran away for a little bit. Triple I, therapy is in three therapists. Three th three times a week. Oh, <laughs> just okay. In, just in intense periods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went on an emotional trauma retreat called The Bridge. Shout out Donna Lancaster. <laughs> I did. I read a lot of books. I listened to a lot of audio books. That okay. was my, how I dealt with it because I was so tired of hurting okay. people in a relationship uh, mm. emotionally. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was so tired. That I was like, I'm because it hurts me. Fuck's yeah, sake. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's when I just had to shift it. But anyway, the point is, in that moment... Breakups are a great catalyst. They're the greatest. Actually, I ended up back in that relationship, but like, it doesn't always work like that, yeah, mm. months later. But doesn't, but I've seen it all the time. You know, just say no, and a person's like, right, I've got a choice here, mm. and you better hope the person chooses the right path. And if they don't, then you... Yeah. You know, but like no is so powerful. Yeah. And I will always respect her, by the way, that 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 ex-partner of mine for, for walking away at that moment, because, mm. you know... I should have I should have taken that on like like in an idealistic world there would have been an initiation ceremony for me okay when I was way younger but, but when you say initiation <laughs> ceremony I'm so, what what does that even mean I just think that it's all to do with pain okay I, I, I okay. really think that that maturity is is inseparable from pain I don't okay. think you can mature without it okay so I'm saying that Look, I've I've heard it. I've I've seen this written about before. I've heard it spoken about before. Women's relationship with pain is unbelievable. Like it is, I can't even get my head around it. To how regularly you guys interact with pain. Okay, like, and so that accelerates the maturity rate. That, that that's the theory. 
that's the theory. Uh, look, they're saying as well, they're saying in this book, again, this is just readings that I've said, they're saying that, you know, on paper, grief and heartbreak, uh, women mm. uh, move on from divorce a lot faster than guys. There's right, all okay. these kind of things coming out yeah, because yeah. men are these fucking hypersensitive souls that haven't hardened. I don't believe we've hardened. Uh, okay. Because the second heartbreak's never as bad as the first. Yeah, okay. So you just have to get it done. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, no. yeah. So I think that's why historically there, there are rituals where you mm. have to go through physical pain. Okay. Because, you're, okay. because you have to break out of your this shell. Okay. I connect really strongly with the, the message about women. We interact more with pain, therefore we're more, more mature because we've had to deal with it, blah, 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 blah. And you're saying that because men don't have as much as that typically. They have to go looking for it. They have, okay. Men have to men, well. Men find pain in, in 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 unhealthy ways at the moment. You know, okay. like needless fighting is ridiculous. Like, what is that all about? Okay, but like, they, so men have to look for pain well, to mature. To, well, I I feel like the desire for it is deep, deep, deep unconscious. Yeah, but I think experiencing heartbreak in whatever form, whether that's losing someone you love, lose um like literally or just in the sense of a relationship. Or, okay, these moments. I really think they they shift a soul to another mm -hmm. level, and I think avoidance of that okay is is never good, it, and it doesn't lead to anything. Okay, we're going to move on to the next That's question. Just, this is just this is all theory. I know. Don't oh, worry, mate. Don't worry. Okay, Jordan. Yeah. How can we normalize and encourage men to have therapy? What about that positive reinforcement? Yeah, positive reinforcement would be amazing to have examples. Yeah, perpetually. But like continuous examples of men who have gone to therapy or go to therapy and are doing great things. Mm. I really do think that makes a, makes a difference. I'd say with my girlfriend's nephew, he adores Cristiano Ronaldo, you know mm. what I mean? Like imagine if Ronaldo just turned around and was like, Damn. you know, I do therapy twice a week. Yeah. Or like, a kid would probably try, start trying to do therapy at nine. Yes. Yeah, He'd be yeah, like, get yeah. me in therapy. He's yeah. like, no, no, you don't understand. He's like, no, yeah. get me in therapy now, you know? Yeah. Like these people's voice do make a difference. So I think it's probably the responsibility of of um, of men in in positions of influence to be open about so it's like making therapy. vulnerability something cool yeah man it's just you know it's it's, it's what i find inter interesting about the space is is it's, is it's undeniable it's not like mm. a debate it's not a debate of whether it works i mean individual therapists might differ i guess in technique mm. and suitabil suitability well, like there's group said. therapy but like literally talking about your emotions naming your emotions engaging talking like that is that works. There's not. I just want to be clear. There's not a. That's not up for debate. Mm -hmm. So it's just whenever the the sooner you can do it, the better. And I hope you find someone who holds holds your stuff in the right way. That didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> holds your emotions like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a great documentary Jonah Hill just put up on Netflix called Stuts. Yeah, my therapist. brother told me about it, it's and good. he watched it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Great, great example of a of a great therapist. Okay, yeah, he recommended it to me. Mm. Okay, last question here. What are the hardest things that men have to counteract that come from other men? Wow. What I find most fascinating about my interactions with men in some spaces is this like total fear of being seen as gay. Mm. Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> or feminine. Yeah. It honestly to it blows my mind. Like there, there's like colloquial terms. It's such a barrier to them having the best fucking life ever. Yeah. No, I really agree. I really, do, I do think that. I think there's a lot of repressed sexual energy there. I find it baffling, and I also find it paradoxical because you see a lot of guys 
they'll use the word gay, like like I, like how I hear boys saying it when I was in year nine. Yes. They'll be like, I'm not doing that, that's gay. Whatever. Yeah. And I'll be like, wow, okay. Like, I, I honestly thought people would grow out of something like that. But then I find it funny that they all smoke massive cigars. So yeah, just, <laughs> similar imagery. I just think they're sucking. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. I think we're all in the proximity, but everyone's really uncomfortable with it. And yeah. I'm just like, there's, there's, if you're really secure, then you don't need to say anything. Mm. Like if you're secure, like if 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 an idea, this supposed idea of 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 masculine stature, of of, of what do they call it, alphaness, mm. if this supposed idea is is self is security and self, then why do you have to prove to the men around you that you're not? Why do you have to remind them that you're not gay yeah. or say something like no homo or pause or like these terms? Blows my mind. I think it makes no sense. I think it's I think it's a I think it's a it's a total warped. I don't, dare I say mutation? I don't know of 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 something in Western society because it was never always like that. No. I think m male friendship has has historically been, and sometimes their cultural variations, very tactile, very comforting. I think men are desperately missing that intimacy, yeah. that freedom to explore, that that not having a fear of of coming across. I mean, listen, there's still a deep set misogyny in a lot of us, ingrained within us through you know news and stories and whatever else. And um, it benefits no one. That's what's so mad. Maybe other than some rich people. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how it works. But, you know, we want to hug our friends. I don't understand the benefit. I know I don't understand the benefit either. I guess perhaps it's... The fear of being seen as weak. It's the, it's the yeah. attachment. It's the, it's the weird... I wrote something about this as well. That the, the idea that femininity and weakness is intertwined is, again, makes zero sense. Yeah, well, I guess it's just if a man thinks that he's gay, it's an affront to his strength and what he's been taught a man needs to be. So that's like the worst thing you can insult a man to be is gay. It's insane. Yeah. I just think it's... I always think there's just an undercurrent there, man. Mm. Like... Like, I've always found it fascinating that when guys get angry with each other, they'll shout, suck my dick at each other. Yeah. And then sometimes I think, like, maybe you should just suck each other's yeah. dick. <laughs> okay, let's end the episode. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Jordan. I really am just going to end it there. Yeah, I love cool. that. Wow, my first conversation with a straight man on Exactly. I really love what Jordan preaches on his Instagram over the years. I love his message. Um, I definitely feel like I needed a man to discuss all of this stuff, particularly when it comes to toxic masculinity. I typically don't spend a lot of time reading a lot of literature about men maturing or what men need because I feel like that's definitely a conversation that men should be having with other men because women do way too much of it in our everyday lives when it comes to our romantic partners it's what we pick up when we're younger one of my old slogans um, for my Instagram was stop raising him he's not your son and I feel like what Jordan said there about women maturing at such a rapid rate faster than men is so fucking true because we're constantly interacting with pain on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that what Jordan said about helping young men mature and kind of changing the way that they think and interact with the world from a young age is probably the most important thing that men can be doing for other men to make sure that they don't grow up to enact patriarchy in their lives and harm the people around them. He's actually just written his debut children's book and it's called The Missing Piece. You can get it at Waterstones, Amazon, wherever. Be sure to check it out. You can also follow Jordan on Instagram at Jordan F. Stevens. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope it gave you lots to think about.
If you've enjoyed listening, then please share this with your friends. To keep updated with all the latest episodes as and when they drop, you can follow exactly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please also take the time to rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help people to find us and to make sure that the people who need to hear these conversations do. And don't forget, you can join me every week for Ask Floss, where I answer all of your questions from how to be self-assured to exploring your sexuality. Whatever it is, you can ask me anything over there and I'll fucking answer it. Send your questions to the WhatsApp number at plus four four seven eight nine zero three zero two six six five. Subscribe to Extra Floss to listen right now. You can visit extrafloss.com to start your free trial and get access wherever you get your podcasts, or you can visit exactly on Apple Podcasts and hit try free at the top of the page. I want to give a massive thank you to the formidable Black Honey who composed the original theme music. You can find them on Instagram at at BlackHoneyUK and check out their latest album, Written and Directed. This is a Something Else and Sony Music Entertainment production. My producer is Millie Charles, assistant producer is Ella McLeod, executive producer is Carly Mayle, the production coordinator is Lily Hambly, and I want to give a special thanks to Chris Skinner, Jonathan Imiri, Ryan O'Meara, and Teddy Riley for additional production, and a big thanks to our engineers, Josh Gibbs and Gully Lawrence Tickle, and mix engineer, Jay Beale.